I need, I need fury. Where am I needed? Yes! Greetings, friends and fellow gamers. Welcome to our last episode of March Madness Video Game Movies Edition. My name is Ryan. I am joined by my illustrious co-host, Dylan and our special guest, Caitlin. Dylan, how are you doing today? I am doing really good. I got some Indian food in my belly and have drank a White Claw. And I'm just going with the flow, working from home, which is really nice, um, considering. Fantastic. Caitlin, how are you doing this evening? You know, I'm doing well. I also had takeout food for dinner. I had tacos from my favorite taco shop because everything is about to get shut down in our state because of... A pandemic. Yeah. Which sounds like something out of a video game. Maybe one of the video games we're going to discuss tonight. Maybe a video game movie. So let's discuss pandemics. Dun, dun, dun. And we're just going to jump right in. Um, we covered four movies for this division. Double Dragon and Rampage from the arcades. And then Silent Hill and Resident Evil as horror films. So let's jump right in to the one that has to deal with the pandemic. I'm talking, of course, about Resident Evil. Dylan, what is your history with Resident Evil as uh, like gaming franchise? And, uh, you know, then jump right into the movie. So the only Resident Evil game that I've really, really played is Resident Evil 4. Uh, and I actually played it on the GameCube the most. I played and it on the Wii, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, not the GameCube, the Wii. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and it, it is delightful and wonderful. And it was my first horror gaming experience. And it is horrifying. I was not super like familiar with the Raccoon City, um, Resident Evil, uh, what's the word? Mythos? Like games, saga, mythos? Yeah, that's a good Saga, yeah. Um, Other than... Resident Resident Evil colon Origins. Origins, yes. And so (laughs) I really enjoyed this movie. It immediately made me call back to, have you guys seen the robot chicken where um, it's Mario Kart, but they go to Vice City? And, yes. then Yoshi, and then Yoshi goes to Raccoon City. And I was like, I knew what it was referencing because I've played like Marvel versus Capcom and stuff. But right. this this just made me like that more. I went back and watched that. Perfect, Caitlin. What about you? I know you've played Resident Evil Four on the Wii. That's yeah, that's the one I played on the Wii. Um, and I remember it notably. It was when I was you know post college, kind of trying to get into gaming, and um, you know. I think the last time I had been really big into games was like the Donkey Kong Country era. Um, And this was a game that my uh, roommate at the time he had recommended for me because you could do the point and shoot with the Wii nunchuck and the remote. Uh Um, And that was very fulfilling to me as a person. I also remember fondly finding some very strange um, dialogue moments that I would just pause on. Like there would be holes in walls and Leon would go, there's a hole in this wall here. I wonder if it means anything. And I made a bunch of glory hole jokes for like a month until my roommate didn't want to talk to me anymore. <laughs> um, but I'd seen the movie um, years prior and I had enjoyed it. I remembered there were waffle lasers. And upon my most recent viewing this past week, I still enjoy the waffle lasers. So, that scene, um, after seeing the gif of it, it was so satisfying to see it in context. Right? Yeah, that was an error. I mean, this is 2002. Um, this was around the same time Equilibrium came out, which had a similar effect at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Resident Evil does it better because it just goes for the blood. It just like fucking goes all all the way with it, and and it's still impressive even though the CGI is not like as smooth as something you'd see today. It's still effective, and I like had to put my hand up in front of my face the second time it happened. I was like, "Come on, yeah, waffle lasers." Well, because you get the guy who like. Loses his fingers. Yeah. Like, it's just a really well-choreographed scene. It's a great scene. setup. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a well-timed joke. Yeah. Well, just and it's hitting. And it, it's shot incredibly Sorry, well, too, because, you know, everything is seen very, very well by the camera. It's one of the few instances in the movie where everything's very well lit. Well, and you're watching it as almost like a captive audience, just like the guys in the control room are. So it's it's like a visceral feeling, because you're feeling what they're feeling. So anytime they do cut back to them, you're like, no, I'm freaking out too, bud. This is bad. They're going to get waffle lasered. <laughs> Perfect. Um, the other thing I noticed on this viewing 
which was interesting, is this movie has a lot of similarities to Doom. It does. Like, the setup's, the setup's very similar. Very, very similar, but I think this movie handles it better. Dylan, what did, did you notice that at all? Uh, I think this movie absolutely handles itself better than Doom. I think uh, one of the things, um, Doom in the lighting um, is so much darker this yes. in, in this film, um, a thing that I kind of noticed is I, I don't want to say that it had a fill light in a lot of the scenes, um, if, if you know about three-point lighting. But, like, its key light was bright enough that you got some context as to, like, where things were and where people were. I mean, in, in Doom, you were getting, like, a blue outline from... A, a key light that just didn't light up the room or the characters enough to really get a feeling for what was going on. And in, in this movie, then either the key light was just like brighter, better placed and give you a better sense of context, or they actually had fill lights and they lit the shadows um, at least enough that you knew what was going on, even after like the power outage thing happened, which helped the movie a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, you know, the, the lighting, but also the color work tells a story that I think is very pointed and kind of guides you in a direction throughout. Um, Specifically, let's talk about the red dress. Yeah. Right? Like, well, the costume like, is Silvers doing work. And, like, cold clinical surfaces. And then all of a sudden, there, there's blood, there's a red dress, there's the red queen. And it, yeah. it just guides you. Yeah. Definitely. And I know one thing that we said with Doom, all three of us said it was really hard to figure out how the characters were interacting with the space. And yeah. even though at the beginning of Resident Evil, it does like that weird, like half baked CG exposition, like here is where we are, here's the train. Like, yeah. It's because- also purposely disorienting, like because the characters are disoriented. Like, the character you're originally following in the story is, like, not sure what's going on. Right. So you become a surrogate for that experience. Right. As opposed to Doom, which was like, here's a bunch of ostensibly competent Marines who are going in, who know what they're looking for, or know what to, you know, try and do to figure out what they're looking for. And it's, it's you're kind of getting dragged along for the ride as opposed to getting carried along with the main characters. Yeah. Yeah. The and and just like to build on top of that is that the blocking, blocking exists in this movie, where in Doom <laughs> it didn't. Um, right. Like characters yeah, yeah. are moving. I mean, especially both of the movies deal with uh, a, a, a not entourage, but a, an ensemble mm. of of characters. Um, and so they you can tell like which directions they're facing when they're, when they're fighting all the zombies in that control room and they're coming at them from different angles. Like you can tell how they're circled up and they're fighting them from these different directions. And so you don't get lost in the sauce as you're cutting from place to place. Whereas when they're clearing hallways and rooms, you have no idea where they are in relationship to each other to a point that like you felt like they were close together in doom. Um, I think this movie like distance itself, which I mean, doom came out how many years later? And I'm going to guess had $8 million budget more than this movie. Yeah, probably. This movie was made on a shoestring budget. But like one thing you have to remember with this movie is it spawned five sequels and six. has made. Well, it's it's six total. I thought there were seven so total. Is, no, 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 no. There's six total. Oh, okay, I know because I we we're planning on watching them all after nice. watching it this past weekend, which we were really excited about. Well, and Paul W. Anderson also was involved with Mortal Kombat. Yes. So, I mean, you know, that was another kind of category winner for us earlier in the series. Yes. Yes. Kind of speaks and, for itself. Uh, the one thing I wanted to ask, so this movie, I think, handles, like, zombies really, really well. Because it was at that point before there was, like, super saturation in the general pop culture lexicon of zombies you know this was before walking dead this was before left for dead this was well, before... it was before the modern era of zombie uh, media it's like walking dead uh zombie land and Shaun of the dead all it, in my mind are like close together Shaun of the dead i guess probably a little bit less popular it came out before hot fuzz which was a bigger hit in the states but like that kind of set the modern zombie era left for dead yeah. too i think is important and like in that. 
and 28 Days Later as well. Yeah, the, the James Gunn Dawn of the Dead remake, I think, also really kicked off that era, um, making it into more survival horror than, um, you know, kind of the Romero era, which are more allegorical in nature, like directly allegorical. Um, and, you know, they're going to make a point land and they make a point about consumerism and then, you know, you kill everybody at the end. Um, but I think, you know, this, this introduced some, some nihilism into it, which, um, is kind of just fun to watch, especially in the early era before it's gotten beaten to death, just with every different iteration of zombie media that's come since. Yeah. So before we move on to our next movie, my question for you guys is, this movie features a lot of zombies, a lot of zombified things like dogs. There's the big lurker at the, the dogs, end. The dogs still play really well. Did you have, like, a favorite, like, kill, quote-unquote? I mean, I'm team waffle lasers, but, you know, I liked <laughs> I liked at the end when, when the douche canoe um, is going down to the train station and he thinks he's going to get away. Yeah. And the Red Queen's like, tee-hee-hee! oopsie and then he just gets wrecked yeah and they watch it from the screen and they have to like go to that area later which again like still feels like a video game like that seems like a setup that you would be watching like as a cutscene. yeah um so i thought that was really effective for what they were trying to pull off and then also from a storytelling perspective it it kept things moving in a really nice way dylan did you have a favorite like kill moment or action sequence because this movie I think, like, still hits. Like, it hits all of the notes, right? Uh, the, I thought the dogs were handled very well, but I gotta go with Waffle Lasers. It's just memorable. I mean, it's a, it's a gift for a reason. Like, Yeah. Um, Your boyfriend's an asshole is a, is a good second for me. Yeah. Yeah, I... The dialogue in this movie really worked for me as well, uh, compared to, like, a lot of other ones. And in a weird, like, in a weird way, because it... This movie understood what it was doing. Where these other yeah. movies, I think it was supposed to come off a little bit more se- like serious uh, in a way. And this one was like, no, it's it's a goofy video game zombie movie. And, Caitlin, and I loved it. Do you uh, remember what you were saying to me about the dialogue about three quarters or a third of the way through the movie? I don't. Well, because... I was popped up on a lot of coffee when we watched it because I've seen it several times. Yeah, well, I have seen it several times, too. And I was saying lines. Oh yeah, before, before they were on the screen, it was very unsettling it. because you knew mostly <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez's lines. So I used to watch this movie going on. every afternoon when I came home from school. Yeah, that tracks. When I was like a freshman, junior, or freshman, sophomore in college. So yeah, I, I love this movie. I think this movie's great. Let's move on to the other half of this horror coin. Um, let's talk about Silent Hill with. Seen Bean. Seen Bean! Who is not really in or the Sean movie. Sean Bon, if you're nasty. Yeah, Sean Bon, if you're nasty. Sean, Sean Bon survived. Yeah, I know. Movie. Much like another character in another one of the movies from, from tonight's bracket, I was like, oh, he's still alive at the end of the movie. I wonder if you got a different agent. That's great. <laughs> Good for him. So, I was actually, like, super, like, not into this movie. I think this movie... Did tried a lot of things and did not succeed with about half of them. Because I, go ahead, Dylan. Oh, I just like want to chew this movie up for lunch because it's so bad. Um, I can't believe like it. It has a six and a half out of ten on IMDb, and I don't know why. I this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my whole life, and and if you. <laughs> were on the CG team for this movie and and stuff, then I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to everybody else that worked on this movie because I hated <laughs> it so much and it was so bad. And like you did a great job with some really cool cinematic looking effects and even the art department, like, well done. But this movie just stunk. It I they give you so little information that you can't ask a question that you want answered. So you never get like a plant and a payoff through the whole movie it's just like yeah they're here and it's weird well and the few payoffs that there are you don't realize until after the fact that that was a setup and there's nothing that makes you go ah 
when you're watching it. Because, like, even the she encounters the cultists for the first time in the school, but you don't know they're cultists. You think they're zombies because their faces are covered and they've got the canary and the coal mine kind of thing going on where they're trying to break down the door. And it's like, all you had to do was, like, show us that, like, one of these guys didn't look fucked up. Like, that maybe there was something else going on. But, like, it kind of just retcons itself about halfway through the movie in a very clumsy way. When, like, if this was what the whole movie was about, why did it take an hour and a half to get here? Like, yeah. what? How? Yeah, the, the first beginning of the movie, just, like, there's nothing going on. Me and my girlfriend watch it together, and we were just like, is the movie going to start? Like, what's yeah, what's going on? And And she's played Silent Hill and told me that part of the game deals with kind of a, an isolation and a loneliness theme. Mm-hmm. And it, this movie didn't do that either. I mean, they introduce the, the cop to go along with the mom through the movie. Um, and I just, I, I couldn't like the whole time I was like, what, what am I watching? Like, Oh, that's a cool effect that isn't scary because I don't care about these characters because I know zero about them. Well, and, like, in in the... I've never played one of these games all the way through, but I've, like, seen other people play them and, like, watched in, like, the story and all that. And, like, she's right. There's a huge chunk of these games that are, like, the characters kind of monologuing to themselves as they wander through this town alone. And because there's not an easy way to do that when you have just, like, a character on screen wandering, you almost have to give her that other character to bounce it off of, but like, it's not as effective. And then everyone's got their own weird motives for being places, but everyone's so heightened at the same time that like, you can't tell who's being genuine, who's not, who's crazy, who's not, because well, none of it seems to make any sense. And it's frustrating that like, like Lori Holden, uh, who plays the police officer, like she's, she can act like she was in the walking dead for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I thought did yeah. good in that. Um, and Rada Mitchell, her small role in Man on Fire, like, they're both capable mm-hmm. actors. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, you know, Scene Bean is, you know, he's a good dude. He's yeah. a great actor, and he's, like, hardly in this Well, movie. and his his whole storyline, you could cut it out of the movie and it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. Right? Well, and, and I mean, the, that's just fascinating. Uh, the police officer, I thought, could be really cool, and I, I don't know. Yeah, I, it was so bizarre to me. Like, I... This might be wor- like underneath Angry Birds for me, honestly. Yeah, I mean, well, I think it's not as bad as Angry Birds, just because it's not a piece of fascist propaganda. But you know, I like every time I think about this movie, I think of all the missed opportunities that it had that were set up. It set itself up to have. Yeah, yeah. Like when you know the the cop shows up, one of the first things she says because she's really disoriented is like, "Oh, I must have hit my head when I crashed." And you look back and you see the motorcycle just fucking wrecked. And it's, like, into the steel beam. And, like, if they had gone back to that later throughout the movie and been, like, so surprised, y'all are dead, too. This is purgatory. And kind of made that a little more clear as opposed to, like, is this a different realm? Is this whatever? And, like, then you wouldn't have had to have the whole second half of the movie with, you know, scene being running around because, like, it doesn't matter. They're well, and they try dead. they try and differentiate the um, worlds very much in the same way that The Matrix does with its color theory. Whereas, you know, everything in the real world and the Matrix is like coded blue and everything in the Matrix is coded green. Well, this like they try and play three with the because lighting. there's the real world where the living are and then the two worlds of the dead yeah. on the like night day cycle. Yeah. Which like, again, plays when it's a video game, but like when it's a movie, it's just very needlessly confusing. Well, and, and I think that the movie could have... and. I can't believe I'm saying this because I I constantly argue against it is they could have taken a little bit more time to set up and just talk about what's going on, like have a little bit more exposition. Yeah. Because like we are dealing with interesting things and they could be interesting conversations instead of not like not showing me enough information with those colors. Like, yeah, I can tell like, okay, you're trying to show different, places and like a different thing happening but there needs to be a little bit more of an explanation um or at least like you set up the like hell and purgatory if that's what you want to call it or or the ash and the fire um you set that up pretty early in the in the first act and explain it to me by the second because it doesn't matter by the third and uh, it's 
Yeah, and and I agree with you. Like, Angry Birds is is fascist propaganda, but at least you can talk about the fact that it's fascist propaganda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is this movie actually trying to tell us? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Well, and like it could have been fixed so easily when the mom is like driving to Silent Hill and she goes into the gas station and like asks for directions and like you could have just had like the crazy old man in town like you don't want to go there there's something like you could have just like the you get the stoner teenager who's like they closed that closed that road off a long time ago you're not going to get there yeah and then it's like oh well it's a stoner teenager there's a road i see it cool and And there's nothing that reads like this happens supernaturally (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. well yeah and and why avoid every single trope in a video game that uses tropes that exist right I will say one thing that was really cool is I'm glad that they kept the movie PS1 accurate with a shitty draw distance because <laughs> with all that fog I couldn't see a <laughs> damn thing. I liked I liked some of the monsters. Um, Pyramid Head was great. I liked the scene in the school where they were like in the boiler room. Yeah, where they were yeah. trapped in the boiler room and he kept poking that sword through the door. That was, like that was awesome. That was cool. But, and my understanding of the Silent Hill video games is very like. It, it like explains time experience almost if yeah if you if you didn't know uh, my understanding is that like that uh, um i don't know if this is trigger warning but that pyramid head is is a dead rapist yeah and and so like that scene is interesting in that regard um specifically but if you don't know that then it's yeah not. it's just like a <laughs> Right. Canned action scene. See, I didn't know that. Well, and they do say that the guy in the bathroom was a rapist. Yeah. That he, like, raped mm. a little girl that they then called a witch, and that was, like, what kind of precipitated this whole thing. Yeah. But, like, it was just, yeah, they, I mean, they just kind of have Pyramid Head as this dude that's kind of wandering around. Yeah. Well, and, like, and then, like, the nurses and the weird, like, only legs monster they encounter on the road, like... It just felt like they wanted to throw things in from the video game, but didn't really have, like, the reason or the context as to why they would be there. I did like the the little nymphs things that, like, had the ashes on them that got worse and worse throughout the fight sequence. And then, like, when, like, the day cycle happened, like, they kind of went... Yeah. Like, that was cool. It just was kind of just clumsily executed, but it was, it was again, an interesting idea. There were so many interesting ideas in this movie that I wanted to pay off that never did. Yeah. So, um, let's move on to our final two movies from the arcade section. I'm gonna give this choice over to Caitlin. Which film would you like to discuss first? Double Dragon or Rampage? Let's get Double Dragon over with. Okay. I know, I know you guys adore this movie. It was a lot. It was just so much for me. <laughs> um, Dylan, had you ever seen this movie before I said, hey, let's watch Double Dragon? I had never seen Double Dragon, and I want to thank you. I just, <laughs> I want to thank you for having me watch this movie. And why is that? Why do you love this movie so? Because it doesn't care. It, <laughs> it doesn't care about your feelings about cinema <laughs> at all <laughs> buckle your seatbelts like you're on this ride and you can't get off till it ends because <laughs> you're gonna be so goddamn entertained i i really adored this movie and just again thank you so but you're you're just saying you adored this movie because like it didn't care about what your thoughts on cinema were but like what what does that even mean like what why is this movie getting your like rave and adoration compared to Silent Hill and the Angry Birds movie from the first division? So we we talked a lot about how the Mario Brothers movie worked as a movie. Yeah. Just not as like there's like some stuff going on there um similar to the the old Ninja Turtle movie where it just kind of works. Uh, and and Mortal Kombat I think does the same thing. Like this movie just kind of works especially as a children's movie and i guess i'm just now noticing that it was pg-13 um but watching it i was like oh this has to be just like a pg movie but thinking thinking back to the 90s uh that i grew up in and like rugrats and the inside of taco bell this movie looks like those colors threw up on it 
<laughs> and and I'm a just like it was just an aesthetic that I really loved because it 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 felt like n- n- watching a a uh it felt like watching a Nickelodeon live action game show, but like turned into <laughs> an hour and forty minute long movie. And I'm and I know that's not really answering your question, <laughs> but they just they they really challenged your conceptions about storytelling in in a in a pretty unique way. <laughs> okay, so Caitlin, um, I want to hear about the. Uh, the other side of this double dragon medallion, because I don't think you liked this movie at all. I, I didn't like's not the word. Yeah, I mean it. It I appreciated that, like for a movie that came out in 1994, I kept having to check the internet to be like, did this come out in the late 70s? Because it's filmed like and lit like a cross between a home movie and like an exploitation film starring uh, a young white man and Alyssa Milano. <laughs> Which is just disorienting. I would also like to note, because I'm looking more about this movie on Wikipedia right now. Scott Wolf played Billy Lee. His character description. The younger Lee brother wears a blue outfit in the end. Mark DeCosco says Jimmy Lee, the elder Lee brother, wears a red outfit in the end. That's their entire character description. Yeah, that sounds about right. First of all, that's incredible and good for them. Um, I really appreciated Robert Patrick's performance throughout this entire film because um, I I quite enjoy his career in general and that he's usually like a hard ass or a terrifying nightmare monster um, or a T-1000 or what, you know, whatever he's going to do that day. And in this, he was just out of his mind, like coked out performance um that again was so big and so stupid that like it made you like what was happening on screen even though like you were like where's the coke diamonds obviously that's what we're going for not this solid gold medallion (laughs) that's magic um that uh, they also try to steal at one point using a pin attached to a string from the ceiling and that's probably my favorite scene in the movie because like it's so blatantly obvious what's happening and like no one like acknowledges it for way too long. So what did you guys think about this movie being set in the post-apocalypse of the year, what, 2006? Is that what it said at the beginning? Yeah, I mean, that tracks, right? I mean... Um, Los Angeles is an island. Sure. Water no, is flammable. Is a combination of Los Angeles and San Francisco that yeah. the earthquake pushed them together. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I don't... I this is very important because this is another thing about this movie that I loved so much. Also, the the architecture with giant fans on top to prevent like to oh, blow the smog, the smog away. And yeah, the earthquake like pumps that they had the 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 small man pushing at the beginning of the movie, and it was like bigger than him. And I was like, who approved any of this? I okay. The significance <laughs> of an anti-capitalist film in the nineties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> targeted at children this movie started a movement sorry targeted at teens like this is the modern american communist manifesto i'm telling you (laughs) well and Alyssa milano is is you know carving her own path throughout the film you know with her fascist cop dad that she has to like win over the hearts and minds of the fascists yeah in order to get resources in order to maintain order which in itself will be a self-fulfilling prophecy but the movie doesn't go that hard Caitlin, you're arguing for why the movie is so good. I still don't understand <laughs> where your counter-argument is. I think my, my problem with it is that I wish all of the main characters, with the exception of Robert Patrick and the adopted mom, had been actual children. Because if they had been 12, I think I would have been able to stomach the dialogue a lot better. When, you know, the one brother, like, they think he died, and he's like, is it you, stinky fart breath? Or, like, he calls him something stupid, and you're just like, oh, well, that would have been better if he was, like, literally an 11 or 12-year-old. Yeah. But, like, these are, like, 20-something actors playing 17 in so much Riverdale way, it just doesn't play for me. But, like, in the scene where they, like, actually fight literal children, or they almost do, and then Alyssa Milano shows up and is like, maybe you shouldn't punch children, it would have been better if it had been, like, a Hook-style, like... You know, either you have, like, a man-child like Robin Williams, or you have, like, actual children, like, trying to beat the crap out of children. Yeah. I think that would have been very good. I would have been a very big fan of that, too. Yeah. I, the, um, I, I, you know, I I get the complaint about the dialogue, but so much is expressed through hugging and (laughs) high fives that I think that it's just a sound placeholder. You you can ignore it. (laughs) 
I mean, I, I didn't listen to a lot of the movie. Honestly, we had subtitles on for part of it, but um, it was just it was so much, and I like I couldn't get over like how some of the scenes were staged. And it was actually it was crazy because I was driving home today, and there was um like an 18 wheeler behind me at one point and somebody had painted on the teeth on the front of the grill and it reminded me of that weird truck from the movie <laughs> and i was like this movie's now following me everywhere officially i wonder if this guy likes double dragons the the aesthetic of the like um i don't, I don't know what it's called it's but like it's halfway to mad max but it's like not it, competent yeah like 80s and 90s <laughs> like punk Extreme. mohawks with lots and lots of of pins and and leather and 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 i just love it i just do so much i i'm sorry this movie i was blinded by uh, with tears as i watched it i'd also like to share something um about the production of the film that i just found the boat chase sequence was filmed on the Cuyahoga River in northeast Ohio and climaxes with an explosion that used 700 gallons of gasoline combined with 200 gallons of alcohol. And I guess they had broadcast warnings on the news locally the night before, but the explosion was so severe it caused residents of like nearby cities to panic, leading to 210 phone calls to emergency services over the course of 10 minutes. And honestly, that's enough to just make me love this movie forever because somewhere in Ohio, they exploded like the equivalent of a river <laughs> for this movie. And like, how wonderful. And this movie made them. no money. Well, I mean, this movie I, made I, negative I, $5 million. <laughs> I kept asking, like, was this movie actually widely released? Because I don't think I've ever seen a commercial for it. I This came out, like, the same year as... It was, like, the year after Jurassic Park. Like, it was around that time when, like, I think all of us were old enough to be aware of, like, what was happening at the movies. And I just don't remember this existing, like, at all as yeah. a thing. And, but, yeah, they yeah, they blew up a river and, and smashed communism with their, uh... With their double dragon powers. With double dragon powers, the red one and the blue one. Yeah. Yeah. Caitlin, had you ever played a double dragon game? I had not. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's probably part of it for me, is that, like, even just the aesthetic of it, I was like, okay, this exists. So, Dylan, had you ever played double dragon? Maybe. I played a lot of that style of game. Uh, so, yeah. I, there's just, like, a lot of games that were like that that I've played, so I can't remember. Yeah. It's like the old school Ninja Turtle games, yeah. except mm -hmm. two player, one plays billy and one plays jimmy one is in the blue costume the other one is in the red costume yeah. um and in this movie they will make one a white kid and the other one not a white kid yeah and those are the defining characteristics it, well and it's also very clear that scott wolf um the guy scott from Roof? the guy from Team party Roof? of five um yeah. has no clue how to fight nope oh, like, yeah. at all <laughs> Nope, and he is he's the least competent person doing all of those things. Yeah. Well, and he's also the most aggressive. Yeah. Um Yeah. He's got the he's most like, to say about it. What if Raphael knew like no martial arts? Right. It, That's what they went he's, with. He's Joey from Yu-Gi-Oh. Sure. <laughs> um so I want to share a number with you guys cuz I got it wrong earlier and I I pulled out a calculator. I was close. It's five million five hundred and eight thousand six hundred and ninety one dollars. <laughs> is is how much money this movie lost. On, and they blew up a river for on it. World yeah. world that's worldwide. That's how much money the movie oh. lost. World worldwide that's like total. I mean, since Jeez. then, you know I mean, did it get released in China? Because I feel like the Chinese would have some things to say about it, not in the nineties. I'm gonna. No I don't think it was. I think it was only released in the U.S. because the gross U.S. and the cumulative worldwide gross are the same. Yeah, there's mm. no way. Not in the nineties. But I like to no think way. that it's still being sold as illegal Blu-ray <laughs> copies in the streets of the world. <laughs> yeah, it got um, it got a VHS release and and laserdisc. Oh shit! In 1995 in the U.S. and then in Canada. Uh, they made a pressing it but through Good Times Entertainment in 1997, released on DVD in 2001, and then in Blu-ray in 2014, but only in Germany. Can you imagine being the poor <laughs> bastard that had to upscale this movie to 720? First of all, that's hilarious. <laughs> I love everything about that. 
I love, I love, I think the thing I appreciate most about this movie, and I think it fits right in with its ethos, is that it has inconvenienced so many people. (laughs) 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 Just through its existence. Uh, Yes, for my last project, I updated The Godfather to perfect uh, 4K. It will look great on any television. Oh yeah, that, that's great. We're actually here to hire you to, to up um, Double Dragon to uh, 720p if you don't mind. A movie um, from 1994 that looks like it was produced in 1979. Are you in? I, this is uh, famous American artwork. Yes, of, of course I am in. <laughs> Give me that guy was That guy was from everywhere. I'd... True. <laughs> uh. Alright, so uh, let's move on to the last film. In this division, um, Rampage featuring uh, The Rock, which in this movie is about the size of a gorilla because a lot of the staging in this movie, a lot of the blocking has him and George the gorilla about the same size. It was well, because very they weird. do like a series of weird forced perspective shots where like The Rock is really in the foreground. So he looks even bigger than he normally is. And then they've got the giant three-story tall gorilla and they at, there's times when they look like they're almost the same size it's insane dylan what did you think of rampage um so first i want to say that rampage is a great game and i love playing it um <laughs> agreed what i thought about rampage was that it it didn't need to be called rampage mm. um because like it didn't it it wasn't like I didn't feel like I was ever watching a rampage movie, um, even even the moment like especially with the way the wolf the wolf the way the wolf looked was a big problem for me. Mm. Um, yeah, but I I did like the movie was fine. There were some decent jokes. Uh, I I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right. Jeffrey Dean Morgan was great. Yeah, he's the other one. He didn't die at the end of the movie. And yeah. I was like, he must have a new agent. Good he also got him. the and in the credits. He did get the and because he's earned it because he's Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah. And he had that like freaking pearl handled pistol in his pants the entire movie. And he was just like, I'm going to saunter around with this shit and live. And y'all are just going to deal with it. And his entire character aesthetic was like, I'm the weird guy that works for the government. And he just committed to that so rock solidly. Yeah, I, I honestly like uh, a movie about him would would have would be great. I'd watch it. I'd watch in it in this world yeah. for sure. Well, and the director, um, who by the way was also the director of San Andreas, another rock vehicle from a couple years prior, where he also flew a helicopter. So I don't know why that needed to be replicated again. But um, he did say that he was interested in making a sequel that would be about Larry the Rat from the beginning of the movie, like he had survived his fall to Earth. Um, so, you know, maybe we'll get the Jeffrey Dean Morgan movie one day. Yeah. Well, and I think, honestly, the first 15 minutes of this movie were, like... Solid. The most insane thing. Because, like, we put this movie on, and I'm thinking, like, okay, it's going to be The Rock, and there's going to be a gorilla, and it starts in space. Okay, so, like, what if we got, yeah, like, what if we got Gravity, and Sandra Bullock was be chasing around the space station by, like, a monster rat, and that was what I wanted out of that sequence that I didn't know I wanted. Dylan, did you did you find any enjoyment in this film, or was it yeah, just no, kind no, of, like okay, again, again, it was it was one of those. It's a movie, um, so, huh, uh, it's it's what I'm gonna call. So sometimes, sometimes when my brain uh, gets very sad, then I can play a video game like World of Warcraft while watching stuff that I know I won't like on Netflix without <laughs> stopping for 14 hours a day. And yeah. this is perfect for that. Like, and I wouldn't be mad about it. I kept um, describing this as a movie that if it was on TV, I mean, like I'd leave it on. Cause like you can go do stuff around the house and come back to it. And it's, it's exactly where you left it. It's exactly where you left like, it. Like you didn't miss a beat. Yeah, for nah. sure. Um, yeah, I, what the rock was in is san andreas the one where everything's flooded too and there yeah it's it's the earthquake movie yeah it's about, it's an about earthquake the san andreas on the san andreas okay yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't he hate that helicopter 
I didn't yeah. hate that for like an action movie. Like it wasn't my favorite or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not my favorite yeah. like work that The Rock has done, but it no. it worked. Um, I I thought this movie didn't do it didn't do the kaiju thing well enough. Uh, one of the things that I really like about the Rampage video game is the sizing of the monsters. So like yeah. in most kaiju movies, then the monsters are as big as a skyscraper. Right. And and in Rampage, monsters are like four stories. Yeah, they're, they're big enough to mess up your building, but it still feels like they can lock eyes with you and have it be realistic. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Like you're not an ant to them. Yeah. Um. And I, and I did think they did a good job of like building a relationship between a monster of that size and the rock. I don't know. Have you guys ever played the game Black and White or Black and White Two? No. I've played Black and White Two. A okay. Lot. So I I like the idea of a monster of that size, like you said, that you can lock eyes with them. It lets you build relationships with the characters, um, similar to how like the first Transformer movie works pretty well, mm-hmm. and yeah. because those they can have a relationship with human beings, and if you're not gonna like anthropomorphize the monsters and give them characteristics and have them interact, then you have to have these human characters in it. And this did a good job of giving the Rock a relationship with something that can't speak. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Although I did like when he flipped the rock off. Like, that was hilarious. Yeah. No, I think that was great. I and Yeah, and I think that relationship really came through. I didn't like that, like, the wolf and the lizard monster just kind of existed for no, yeah. for not a whole lot of good reason. Well, they I had also, to set up for these relationships, and then they were like, oh, and I guess there's other monsters. Uh. Yeah, and, and that felt very ham-fisted from, like, the game of we have to get all of the monsters in the game. And I, I would have liked for more of a direction of... Uh, it would have been more kitschy, probably, but, like, have a character with a relationship with each monster individually. And I thought they were setting that up when they introduced the head of, like, that SWAT force that goes out to meet the wolf. Yeah, I thought he was going to be, like, the bad guy, the human bad guy that the rock fought while the wolf fought the Well, gorilla. and I thought he was going to be, like, the Murdoch character from, like, Jurassic Park, where he's like, shoot her! Like, yeah. I was hoping it was going to be that, but then he wasn't. He was just kind of wet blanket, you know? Yeah, and, and that dude isn't... That's, um, Deathstroke Joe. From... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who was supposedly going to be Deathstroke in the dc movies but like i mean it's eh? it's joe manganello right yeah I was, yeah joe manganello yeah I, so he's, i and i he works a in funny that guy role. yeah yeah no he's he's a good actor and he's funny and he's got you know he's a big dude so it's like they can you know do stuff like that with him i just wish they had given him more to do yeah yeah instead and, of like two scenes and that i think and it would have been cool to have like have those two going at it and you could have introduced in the Rampage video game, it was always fun. You could find these toxic barrels that would give you wings and turn you into like a more alienish version of whatever nice. monster you were. And I would have liked, yeah. I, I, at that point in the movie, I was like, okay, th- he's going to be friends with the wolf. Him and the rock are going to fight over something silly that doesn't really matter. And the third monster is going to get introduced to toxic waste. That's going to make it scarier. And then they're going to be like, okay, Let's put aside our differences. Let's We've fight the big monster. Save the world. And that never happened. And I think I would have preferred that. Well, because the other thing is, is like the Rampage video game, like I think really leaned into like the B movies of like the Kaiju stuff. Yeah. Like, like the attack Godzilla. of the 50 foot blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yes. Like the games really lean into that. They're very almost B movie chintzy like fun not you know the super serious like grounded like oh it's a government experiment it's we like we need to no. make comments about like animal preservation well, yeah malin ackerman is the robert patrick of this movie yeah um, she's just straight up good. evil yeah <laughs> like my god i did um, i i did like i i think environmentalism as a theme in movies is it doesn't show up very much yeah. And and when it does show up, it shows up in ways like Okja, where it's the only thing the movie is talking about. Right. And this movie does have like a, hey, look, animals are smarter than maybe we're giving them credit for. And maybe we should take better care of the environment. And it, without like beating you in the... And, and I love Okja. I think it's a great film. Don't think yeah. I'm attacking that movie. But just that like 
putting it in a movie without it being so severe is good to see too. Yeah, I think the the thing that Okja does that this movie doesn't, obviously it's like apples and oranges because it's, you know... Um, apples and way different oranges. Yeah, we got Jakey G's uh, over in that movie. Just oh man, ripping, those shorts. Ripping up furniture. <laughs> those shorts are those incredible, shorts first are of all. So good. And he does the Burt Reynolds pose. Um, but, you know, speaking particularly in that movie, like Paul Dano's, like, troupe, that, like, shows you the other, like, obtuse side of the environmentalism movement to the point yeah. where they're, like, so crippled by their own compassion to the point where they can't get anything done. Um, I think that's something that's a little bit missing in this movie. Because you bring in The Rock as the empathetic, like, conservationist, and he is a tank of a human being. Um, so there's there's nothing that, like, he builds to to feel stronger physically, like, you know, against these giant monsters, because he is kind of a giant monster. Um, so <laughs> well, I think they, there was something about that for me that was missing. They set him up where his only... Like, the only quality of his character is, like, I understand monsters and not humans because a monster will eat you it, or not I, and an animal will eat you if it if it doesn't like you and humans will lie to you and like it is so it doesn't qual like he doesn't qualify what he says about himself <laughs> no. in any sort of way and that's no. really bothersome yeah and it's like when you're a man that looks like the rock and you're trying to convince me that like you know the sad evils of the world like you probably need to expound on that because <laughs> chances are you weren't the one getting swirlies you know like... yeah i mean give me some sort of thing where like his i mean i guess they go back and they show him saving what's the name yeah. of the gorilla george they, yeah they show gotta, him saving george. george it would have been nice if like i mean i hate i hate to say this but like ki- kill his friend slash wife slash parent figure like yeah yeah in in some way of like from somebody lying to him um yeah like these poachers like accidentally shoot his partner or something when they're trying to like get the gorilla you know and or 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 maybe maybe left maybe the poacher like it's him his friend and the poacher and they're going to hunt poachers and then the friend like the third one who's who's like the third friend like turns and kills his friend right and so it's like, oh, like this human lied to me, like show that somehow. And like, I've got to get the gorilla out because this, he, the, he makes the point, like this gorilla is valuable. Like it was going to die without me. Like that part's fine. But like just the build up to it, like doesn't explain it. Like you already knew they were poachers. That wasn't new information to you. Exactly. Like, yeah, that was just strange. Um, yeah, I mean, there were things that happened that I was like, Haha, that looks cool. Um, but again, like as a cohesive narrative, like it just didn't work for me. Yeah. And, and it did linger in that final fight. Um, yeah. It kind of yeah. kept, kept happening. <laughs> well, yeah, I was like, Oh, it's also, over. Well, and you can also very, very obviously tell when it was like the rock acting on a set and things like that. And then here's the rock in the green screen because like their green screen blending in this movie was rough. not very good. It yeah. was rough. Yep, I agree. Especially in that final fight scene. And if you're watching it, like, I guess on a lower quality television, maybe it wouldn't be as noticeable, but, like, any modern, like, 4K TV, it just looked so dramatically different. Yeah. To the point where it was very distracting. (laughs) Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. So, um, those are the four movies we covered for this division. Let's do some rankings. Caitlin? From number four to number one, what are you thinking between these four films? I mean, at the bottom is probably, for me, Silent Hill. Uh, This one's a hard one, because they're they're such wildly different movies, but they kind of compare to other movies we've covered in other brackets in so many ways. Um, But, you know, I, I would put Silent Hill at the bottom, just because it was disappointing to me how many shots they wasted. And like Dylan said, the artwork and the art team did a great job on that movie, and they would have continued to do whatever they were told to do if it had worked for the story. Um, But, you know, the people in charge are actually, like, cutting that movie together and trying to form a cohesive narrative from the script writing to the direction um, all kind of failed. Um, And then, I mean, for very different reasons, I have, you know, Rampage and Double Dragons kind of in a wild heat with each other i think double dragons for reasons i I think you've won me over a little bit with 
just you know canceling out some of my expectations for it and accepting it for what it is uh in so much (laughs) dr strange love um double dragons edges ahead of rampage um just because rampage is is at times an exercise in laziness um in filmmaking um even though there's again some parts that are perfectly serviceable and jeffrey dean morgan adds like 50 points to anything he's in at any time um and then you know obviously that leaves resident evil as my top pick for the week by and large i mean that movie holds the fuck up and it's actually pretty impressive that you know a movie you know from that long ago in terms of genre filmmaking at this level and at this level of sophistication is still pretty sophisticated um and spawned six six sequels five Five sequels sequels. and the game series is still kind of living on pretty strong i mean the resident evil 2 remaster that we just played through a couple months ago um resident evil 3 is getting a remaster that's out in like two weeks yeah i mean those games are still solid and the movies you know are kind of all over the place at times, but it did make me want to look into the ones that I hadn't seen, two of which include Wentworth Miller. As Chris Redfield. As Chris Redfield, which means uh, we're going to watch those. Um, And I'm very excited for it, because I love Wentworth Miller, and he adds about 30 points to anything that he's in. Um, 50 if he's playing unambiguously, like, queer. Um, Like, Legends of Tomorrow, Wentworth Miller. R.I.P. Um... But yeah, I mean, that movie, it just, it slaps. And Waffle Lasers, every time, you know, they say they've got the Waffle House Index for disasters. How about the Waffle Laser Index? That's what <laughs> we should move to, uh, just moving forward. So that's that's my ranking. Perfect. So, Dylan, um, on your Waffle Laser Index, can you rank these films from, from four to one? Like, yeah. if, if these films were a waffle stack, which one would be at the bottom and which one would be at the top? I uh, I hate to to be the bearer of bad news for you, Ryan, but you do not stack waffles. Um, you stack Why pancakes not? because then you cannot waffles. get so waffles. Um, you get a big floofy Belgian waffle. The the promising part about waffles is that it doesn't just like soak all of the syrup and butter up into it directly. No, you but want it, it into it, the nooks. And it the caresses it for yeah. you um so you get these nice flavor pouches of syrup <laughs> um but if i were to make a waffle stack you guys suck <laughs> Sorry. yeah give me give me your waffle stack <laughs> if i were to make a waffle stack at the very bottom would most definitely be silent hell i am still disgusted by that film <laughs> and just like upset for all of like the things that it has for it to fail so spectacularly for it for it to have gotten out of scripting is is insane to me um yeah and and then i i gotta say rampage um it's got lots of lazy filmmaking uh as a as a director not me but like the director in the movie the rock can act if you've seen pain and gain um among other things like he has some pretty good acting chops i think uh yeah ballers is another good example you should have gotten more out of him if you didn't have the CG budget to get your CG where it needed to be. There were lots of places to cut back. So Rampage is my third for sure. Um, then for me, I, I got to say Double Dragon at number two. No. <laughs> <laughs> you are so torn on this one, aren't you? It, Dude, it's really hard because that movie was just... It's so wildly different. It was so fun. I mean, and this is uh, after after we've done every week. Like I've gone and like watched There Will Be Blood or uh, <laughs> The Godfather or The Master. Like uh, I'll, I'll I go watch like a mo- a palate cleanser of sorts. Yeah. Um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yeah, so, something right. Um, and <laughs> uh, Whiplash Spotlight. Uh, <laughs> And and so, but but like sitting down and watching that movie, um, in you didn't the morning, need the chaser. I didn't need the chaser. I didn't need. I, I did. I just bathed in what that movie was, and so I actually think I'm going to put it at number one and, and Resident Evil at two. I I did really like Resident Evil though. Like Resident Evil is far and above. I think all of the movies from last week, I'd put Resident Evil above them. That's fair. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you know, it reminds me now that you mention it. 
Double Dragons reminds me of the, like, arcade video game version movie of my favorite, like, bad horror movie, which is Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, I mean, like, I can see why it just holds so much appeal and the fact that, like, it just, it, it, it absorbs its camp to the point where it becomes just, like, luminescent with its insanity. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Gosh, I feel really, really responsible now. Because we've been unanimous on all of our others. We don't have to be. It's okay. Okay, For, cool. But you do have to live with me, so I don't. you're going to have to deal with whatever you say next. I understand. Um, so the bottom of the waffle pile for me <sighs> is definitely going to be Silent Hill. That bottom waffle is going to be so dry, just like that movie. <laughs> Yep. yep. It's not going to get through any of the nooks and crannies. Yeah, no, that movie was, it was rough, to say the least. And it was just uninteresting, and I didn't find myself engaged at all. I found, like, why didn't they introduce the cultist earlier? Because, you know, if it's going to be a movie about a woman trying to find her daughter, you can't introduce a rogue element like that so late in the game. Like, it either has to be there at the beginning... Well, or it, was, like, it was apparently the, the framework end. for the entire movie, which we just yeah. weren't privy to, right. which is not good storytelling. It, it, Correct. If you're going to make a cult movie, make a cult movie. You can't just be like, and then there's a cult that's like, and then there were zombies, or and then there were aliens, or you yeah. were dead the whole time. It's the I same. Mean, bitches love Wicker Man. Like, it's not rocket science. Like, it's doable. Yeah. Um, And then number three for me is definitely going to be Rampage. Rampage was just, like, it was fine. Yeah. It wasn't great. It wasn't Catch bad. Catch on cable. Yeah. I liked it when Jeffrey Dean Morgan took the guy's laptop and the guy, like, ran out the building. And I looked over at you and I said, the building's going to fall on him. And then it happened. Like, sometimes you just need dumb, predictable well, filmmaking And, and Jeffrey like Dean Morgan's reaction that they caught was so good. Yeah. No, he's like... great in that movie. 100%. And then, um... For number two, I'm going to have to say Resident Evil, which means Double Dragon's moving on to the next one. Yay, Double Dragon! <laughs> Caitlin is so mad at me right now. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> I think... Uh, it's a wild card movie, though. I like that it's a wild card. I'm, it, I'm predicting it, it to go it to the final now, at this point. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. I mean... Oh, so Because, I mean, like, Resident Evil's good. Resident Evil's great, but, like, I have such fondness for Double Dragon because I've seen Double Dragon probably about nine times, ten times. Because I used to watch it a lot with my brothers. And just watching it the other night just kind of, like, brought me back to, like, that childhood innocence. I think, like, Dylan nailed it. It was, like, what if Nickelodeon made a movie about, like, Double Dare, but, like, just <laughs> tried to give it too much plot? Right. Like, right. it just, I don't know. It, it, it spoke to me on levels. So, yeah. But, like, Resident Evil is still the so man. <laughs> oh, a Bobo? Yes. Abobo's the boss of the first level of the game. Mm -hmm. Why did they keep feeding him spinach again? Like, that was weird. That was weird. Oh, because it was a PG-13 movie made for kids, and they wanted to torture him, so they figured out the best way to torture him was to get him to continue to poop. Again, Because spinach has my, fiber in it. My largest complaint with this movie is that if Alyssa Milano and the red one and the blue one had all been 12, that would have played way better. And, like... <laughs> I would have been more on board with some of that stuff, I, but instead it, it was just very confusing. So let me let me slow pitch this at you. <laughs> what if? <laughs> okay, but but what if in this post-apocalyptic um, San Angeles or whatever it's called? What if San Francisco? San Francisco. There is um, no public education, and so theoretically, yeah. these basically adults could have the minds of 12 year olds i i mean i guess I mean, is there anything there traumatic brain injuries in utero <laughs> I, um maybe there's something there <laughs> maybe maybe perfect this is great i love it so our finale our next episode which will be coming out a couple days the after finale this, of the, this mini series yeah the finale of, of this mini series um is going to be, we're going to discuss the top four movies from every division. We're going to talk Detective Pikachu, Lara Croft Tomb Raider, 
Oh yeah, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Yeah. First of all, that soundtrack would have made that movie better, and you know it. If if they just took the Mortal Kombat techno and said Double Dragon instead of Mortal Kombat. I actually think I did that for every movie we watched this week. You did. I kept just shouting it at you at random points when things got exciting. I did it for Silent Hill and Resident Evil 2. Things got exciting in Silent Hill? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, no. I don't even remember what happened. Like, I think it was when Pyramid Head showed up and I was like, ba-da, 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 ba-da. That, that is, it is Silent the moment. Hill. Yeah, that was the, that was the moment. Uh, so, um, please definitely join us for our next episode. We're going to crown the champion of the Not Enough Resources March Madness video game film bracket inaugural season. One magic moment. Yeah. Come on and sue me. They canceled that shit this year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, we'll be posting it before the end of the month, so don't worry about that. Dylan, do you have any parting words of wisdom? Yes. Um, this is a very trying time for a lot of people, and I just want to send out our regards and that we're thinking about everybody and um it's okay to stop and take a breath take a break um listen to your heart uh on what you think the right thing to do is and stay home definitely caitlin do you have any parting words of wisdom are are you and dylan gonna combine to a double dragon of wisdom here (laughs) only if i get to be the red one (laughs) um no wash your hands stay inside don't screw around um yeah just stay safe perfect well i know a lot of people are playing games um because when you're stuck at home that's what you do i get it um mmos are actually seeing a resurgence this week yep in their numbers yep absolutely so um remember when you're playing with others especially online maybe people that haven't played in a while don't be toxic don't you know, tilt, don't lash out at others because we're all just people. We're all trying to get through these trying times together. So remember, always be kind to your fellow gamers.